Alrighty. <laughs> I'm here with Dr. Evan Johnson. Thank you so much for entering the portal with me. And um, yeah, you're going to go ahead and bless the podcast with a special reading. Yeah. Thank you so much. So nice to connect with you. And I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm excited to chat. So before we begin, I just want to have everybody um, close their eyes and just take one big deep breath with me. And we can open our eyes. And before we get started, I want to I want to ask everyone to to imagine something real quick. I want to ask everyone to imagine what it would be like for our entire environment to be a mirror to who we are, the people, places and things in our life the decorations in the room. And when we look around the space and when we look at the people in our lives, what do we see? Is it power? Is it ecstasy? Is it money? Is it love? The latest studies in epigenetics are showing us that we are the creators of our lives. We are the creators of our future. And we're not a victim to our external environment. And in fact, Epigenetics is showing us that our thoughts and ideas and beliefs about who we are influence our lives at the level of the cell and everything that influences our lives at the level of the cell influences our lives at the level of the self and beyond. And we can always turn off and on our genes to fire and wire in new ways to create a new reality. And that's what I'm passionate about. So I'm excited to talk about that stuff today. <laughs> wow. Amazing. That was so powerful. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that. That's crazy. You know, during that reading just now, when you said, like, how, what, what is it that you see that is the mirror of you? Um, and, you know, is it ecstasy? Is it, is it, and you're saying all this and then money came up and it's so funny because lately I've, I feel like I've been doing a lot of, um, setting intentions and, and stressing <laughs> about my financial situation and, and money. But when, when I did close my eyes and picture, um, what the mirrors of me and my environment are, I, I didn't see money. <laughs> I saw people mm -hmm. um, without judgment and with compassion and with love and nature and all these things. So, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that was just um, some powerful insight. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so powerful, you know. Um, 
and everyone is you know constantly reorganizing and 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 finding new ways of thinking and deeper levels of feeling and higher states of being and and that's a constant process and mm-hmm. yeah sometimes it's about money sometimes it's about relationships sometimes it's about sexuality you know sometimes it's about business you know it's it's all of it and uh yeah it's it's always a a one giant reflection of you know how we're thinking and and what we're feeling and who we're being and the more conscious we can be of those things the more we can navigate that and really create the lives that we desire you know and in your case you know it sounds like you know unconditional love and and presence and beautiful humans and nature um and it looks different for everybody you know it's just helping people realize that epigenetics is showing us what ancient gurus and and spiritual teachers and even modern day thought leaders have always known yeah. you know that that the supernatural or or that you know the the things we really can't explain are real yeah. and and actually we can create those things in every single moment yeah super super beautiful and powerful um what we are and who we are and what's inside of us and what a lot of us are asleep to and like how deep we can go into it um and so it's funny when i think back to how we met <laughs> i'll go ahead yeah. and tell the listeners we were in san marcos guatemala and me and my friend who i had just met at the yoga forest um we finished up with our retreats and we were like you know, it was all like super healthy yeah. food there and which was delicious and so yummy. But we we're like, let's get some pizza and wine. <laughs> and so, and so yeah. we walked into Il Jardin and saw you. And I don't know what happened, but you were like, how you guys know my name? And we we're like, what? And you're like, what? <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you just said my name, Evan. And I, I was like, no, you didn't. And my, I was like, did you? And she's like, no. And we're like, oh, okay. All right. Well, never mind. Enjoy. And so, <laughs> and so we're sitting at the table, yeah. like, like, I don't know, behind you or adjacent to you or whatever. And I'm sort of glancing at the table. You're working on your laptop. You look real busy. And I was like, hey, does that guy look like Evan Peters to you? To my friend. And she's like, who's Evan Peters? I'm like, you don't know who Evan Peters is? And so I pull him up, you know, the guy, for those of you listening. Who know, the movie star. Yeah. Big, big movie the, star. Yeah, actor. Amazing. And so I pulled up his picture and she's like, he does kind of look like him. And we were like, what if that's Evan Peters? And so, <laughs> you know, we, we did have quite a bit of wine by that point. And she's like, let's just go talk to him. And, and so we went over and we talked to you and asked you if you were Evan Peters. Um, and then you responded mm-hmm. that you were Evan Johnson and, <laughs> and we got to talking and, um, you explained that you were a doctor and that you do work in epigenetics and you're passionate about bridging science and spirituality. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> would you want to be a guest mm-hmm. on the podcast? And so, yeah, that was just, uh, some beautiful, weird <laughs> synchronicity. yeah such thank you for sharing that and and yeah it was such a uh incredible you know extraordinary moment uh i think yeah i'm not really sure what was coming through me 
in those moments, it, it was just like I, I felt this whisper or I felt this calling to just be like, whoa, wait, what just happened? It, it's really felt like someone said my name. And also, um, Lake Atitlan, Guatemala, you know, for all of your listeners and anyone who doesn't know, it's such a mystical place. It's so powerful, you know, in the volcanoes of, of Guatemala, this beautiful lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, really massive, like spiritual yoga community out there, of uh, just conscious, expressive people. Um, so yeah, maybe I was just like on one that day, and and for some reason I just my energy was just like, hey, you know, for some reason maybe we're supposed to record a podcast in the future, and I'm supposed to like add value to your listeners. But I was like, hey, uh, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. Um, so I'm just grateful for that that moment where I could just be like so open to you guys and be like, Hey, this is like what I'm thinking and feeling right now. And you guys are like, interesting. Well, maybe there is some alignment here. Um, so yeah. And and like, here we are like six months later when you reached back out to me, (laughs) I got, I was so happy and grateful because I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And like, yeah, she has a podcast and like really cool audience. So yeah, I'm I'm really grateful to be here. Who knows what was going on at a cellular level. Um, Um, yeah, so to kick this off, could you begin by telling the listeners and I, you know, about your background and how events have unfolded in your life and led you to where and who you are now? Like, take mm-hmm. us take us all the way back, yeah. if you would, um, and walk us through the <laughs> of Dr. F. Johnson. Yeah, thank you. That's a good question. Um, Hmm. Yeah, you know, growing up, I was always a, a very sensitive child. Um, and, and as a, a, a boy, you know, now, now a man in modern society, um, I was treated like a lot of men, you know, who were sensitive and, and emotional and always being told to, to, you know, suck it up or, or not feel our emotions or, you know, to, to man up and men don't cry and things like that. And so I never really felt, uh, super, um, open and, and free to really express myself. And so I experienced a lot of, uh, freedom and, and, you know, radical moments in sports and in dance and in travel and also like a lot of, you know, inner child trauma. Uh, because of of how I was raised and never really being taught about different cultures and races and genders and sexualities, uh, never being taught concepts of of how to you know communicate consciously and express boundaries and and live a life of empowerment and so that was was uh, the root of a lot of my my subconscious programming or just ancestral trauma, you know, as you will, those deeply rooted beliefs, you know, in my DNA, in my subconscious, you know, in my nervous system that have laid pathways for my life, you know, ever since I was a child. And growing up, you know, I stuck around health and wellness. I was a high-level athlete. I played uh, two sports in college. I played basketball and lacrosse in college um, all four years. You know, I was this high-level athlete was super interested in, in spirituality and self-development and was super emotional, you know? And I remember there was a moment 
in college, uh, I talk about this in my TED talk. Uh, there was this moment in college where I was talking to my my basketball coach and was crying and I was telling him like, hey, you know, these are the things that I'm working through and this is what's happening. It's creating more space within me. So like, I want to show up more on the basketball court because of this. And I really don't think he understood what I was saying. And, and he was just like, you got to be tougher oh. than that. And, and, and it was really like, you know, one of those moments where like, as a man being told that, that feeling and and creating space and holding space and being space as a young man in college athletics was like not okay and 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 me starting to discover really how this internal work could be reflected in my external world with with the deep healing that I was doing liberating energy from my body and conditioning my body to a new mind I, I wasn't really being received in that and at the time I was majoring in psychology and I really didn't know what I was going to do with, with psychology. You know, I was like, okay, I could do, you know, counseling or, or go into uh, some type of, of behavioral therapy or something like that. And nothing really aligned. And I, I remember coming home, visiting my family and my family was like, Hey, like, you know, have you ever thought about chiropractic? And when I was when I was in eighth grade, I broke my tailbone. You know, I fractured my sacrum. And that was a really intense experience for me, you know, very, very traumatic on such a multi-dimensional level. You know, I'm still discovering things like, ooh, okay, this makes sense, yeah. right? As I work with my energy centers and and these aspects of life that are are really this internal makeup of of who I am, you know, this map in my body and in my consciousness of, of like, who is Dr. Evan Johnson still healing these things. And I went to the chiropractor after I fractured my sacrum, my, my tailbone, and I had the most healing experience emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically, just, they really cleared me out and connected me back to myself and reminded me that I am the medicine. And so when my parents were like, have you thought about chiropractic? My mind was like, oh, yeah, like I had such a powerful experience with that. I'm open to it. And so I went to this, this seminar and I was sitting there and I had just done two workouts that day because I was a college athlete and I was falling asleep in this seminar. And my mom, uh, my mother, she nudged me and was like, Evan, wake up. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what, what's going on? She's like, you might want to come here for school. Wake up pay attention. And I was like, oh, okay. And I sat up and I, and I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have like life to do, you know? Oh yeah. I have like a career to figure out. And so in that moment, I resonated so intensely <clears throat> with chiropractic. Um, maybe it was because I was, you know, arising from these, these theta brainwave states after my nap and everything I was, I was experiencing was like really clicking into coherence or, or maybe it was like, maybe it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, get some water. Maybe it was, uh, you know, just spirit guiding me, you know, there's, there's no real way to tell, but in that moment I started to show up differently. And so I went to chiropractic school, started to learn so much about neuroscience and, and, pathophysiology and chemistry and how this body works. And so I opened my own chiropractic practice right after chiropractic school, was crushing it, you know, helping people live more life per moment. 
And then, you know, over the last two years, uh, when the state of the world was in chaos, I was like, whoa, like, I'm not fulfilled right now at all. And, 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 you know, if what is the, the best life that I can imagine for myself? And who do I need to be to make that happen? And so I left traditional healthcare. I sold everything. And I went on a journey. I, I moved to Hawaii temporarily. And there was this moment in Hawaii when I ran out of money. I ran out of, of food. I didn't have any cell phone service, no connection to the outside world. I was just sitting on the earth crying, like screaming, like, what is next for me? You know, what is this next sign? God, the universe, like someone, something, like show me the sign that I'm meant for more, that I'm here to love and serve big, and that I'm here to experience massive amounts of wealth and prosperity just by doing what I love. And in that moment, I felt this energy inside of me that was like, and it just raised me up from the earth. Like I was being breathed by the earth, by Mother Earth. And in that moment, in that moment, it was like, it was like this like primal essence that was like, get it together. You're meant for more. And so I called my family and I was like, hey, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I just feel like I'm supposed to come home. Can you buy me a plane ticket home? They bought me a plane ticket home. I really connected with my family, my roots, you know, increased uh, my awareness to like all of these things that I had been neglecting around like um, safety and, and really connecting with my family around, you know, security and, and that grounded essence of who I am recording sorry about that guys you can just go ahead and pick right back up where you left off cool yeah so you know i i flew back home uh, I, my family supported me to to come back home and i was really connecting with my roots you know that that grounded essence of of who i am and and really increasing my my level of safety and and security in like my family system and in my plan and my vision for the future and really embodying these visions. And I remember writing all these affirmations down on like the life I wanted to live every single day. I wrote them down with like rainbow ink pens and on these giant note cards. And I would go outside every single day with my feet on mother earth, connecting with mother earth. And I would scream these affirmations to myself every single day outside. My, My family lives on this big hill. And it's like overlooking this big city and I would just scream it like, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is what I want to do. This is the life I want to live. I would just scream everything. And it just became this embodied experience. Right. And around that time, I, I felt all this energy inside of me, you know, this momentum that was like, you know, from that moment when I really felt like the earth just like raised me up mm-hmm. and I started to write my first book. And so over the next year and a half, I ended up writing 195,000 words of everything that I know about quantum physics and epigenetics and human consciousness and, and how this whole thing called life really works and infusing any type of uh, spiritual practice I've ever had, you know, grounded in, in the essence of, of simple, uh, 
science and 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 neurology and and brain chemistry, um, tapping into things from the subconscious mind to inner child work to you know conscious communication and boundaries and consent and really doing this work to like talk about everything I've ever learned because I was like you know if I die tomorrow like then what like I have all this knowledge and wisdom and these past experiences that have been recorded you know in my nervous system this is medicine Mm -hmm. this is medicine for me this is medicine for the world how can I how can I give this to the world right now and so I wrote these books I wrote these books I wrote three books and they're all on Amazon Barnes and Noble talking about you know everything that I'm passionate about and um really the concept of of utopian medicine you know, helping people discover that that we are the medicine and we don't need anything outside of ourselves to heal and find greater levels of love and be happy um, and, and doing it in a simple way for people to understand. And uh, yeah, so in Guatemala, Lake Atitlan, that's where I launched my first book, uh, like during those months that we met. Um, wow. And I have some online courses online. Uh, I just got selected to speak at TEDx where I'll be talking about this brand new data set we can talk about later. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just really like doing the work and, and, and I'm, I'm super committed to, to the work and, and what it takes to, to impact the world in a positive way. So. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You are a remarkable human being. And can I just say, like, give you a huge thank you and just commend you for having a successful chiropractic practice and just being like, I don't feel fulfilled. This doesn't feel aligned and walking away from that. And that is just such a beautiful and powerful and brave thing to do because, you know, as I'm sure you know, so many people aren't happy or don't feel fulfilled or feel that they feel like deep, deep down inside that they're not being the best version of themselves or, you know, Mm -hmm. should possibly be doing something else and but we we do this great job of building cages around ourselves with our lives and and our responsibilities and we end up feeling like locked into them and a lot of people do go and live the rest of their lives um without making that choice to be like you know Mm -hmm. what i don't know what the thing is but i'm gonna try and find out so wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah really really amazing that you did that and and so rewarding as well, like for you, for you, I'm sure. Yeah. But like also, you know, for the universe. <laughs> like, And so mm-hmm. I'm so happy that people are going to get to uh, get to have that insight on your journey. And um, and yeah, so I usually ask um, mm-hmm. I ask this question, you know, when did your spiritual awakening begin? But it was actually a guest that I had on the podcast who pointed out to me that our true spiritual journey began like the moment that we were I can't even say before the moment before the moment that we were born (laughs) and Mm -hmm. before these incarnations so now I like to ask the question when did you become aware of the fact that you were on a spiritual journey or um, that you were going through this awakening and it sounded like from what you were saying before that a lot of it happened um, like made of it may have started trickling in through your chiropractic experience and then and then your moment in Hawaii when you were down and out bad also seemed like a huge catalyst but but um yeah Yeah. how how did it happen for you what were those were those the moments or 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such a difficult topic to talk about because it's, for me, you know, how can we really say uh, when that moment came, you know, if, if there's no past, you know, just memories, recorded outcomes of, of experiences that we've had, there's no future, you know, it's just predictions and, and possibilities. There's only the now, like Eckhart Tolle would say, you know, so I live my life from that space. So, um, yeah, like I said, you know, I was, I was always a very sensitive child. Um, now feeling like what was most likely happening is I was just really tuned in to the energy around me and inside of me and didn't know how to express it. Uh, you know, could it have started when my family had the thoughts and ideas and beliefs to, to create a child, you know, and, and, and when my mother started to, you know, create me and, and, and when my father, you know, held that space for that creation to happen, uh, or is it like an ancestral, you know, uh, ancestral timeline that's seven generations deep, you know, like, like, what is it? Uh, and I would say, I would say I've had many moments throughout my life that were like radical awakenings, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I imagine that I will still have those. And I imagine that uh, I'm excited for those moments when they come because they always show me who I am and, and who I'm being and, and what I need to do to take my life to the next level. And so, yeah, throughout my life, I would say, you know, moments of like radical freedom. Uh, I've had some incredible moments um, in sports that like really helped me realize like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like, at that point in time, I was, I was Catholic, you know, really in, in like Catholic religion. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, God is here for me. And like, yes, like, you know, like Jesus did do this, like die on the cross for like my sins. And like, oh my gosh, like this is all making sense. Like I love Catholic church and like all these things. And so like those moments, while the, while the metaphysical truth that like something is here that's greater than us, you know, beyond time and space is always present in my life. Uh, there's been different moments and different frameworks that have helped me realize that, you know, even more through childhood experiences, sports, uh, the Catholic religion, um, chiropractic, really, I think was was one of the first things that really started to crack me open to, to um, exploring human consciousness. And my nervous system and, and human perception and and opening the gateway of of stimulus and response and exploring that space mm-hmm. and and you know the time that passes in that space and how aware can I be of that space. So I would say the more conscious I became of myself and my inner world, um, the more I started to see a direct correlation in my spiritual practice. And, and the more I learned how to leverage the elements of the earth to, to give me this life force energy. Uh, yeah. The more, um, the more alive I felt and healing is interesting because the key to healing is feeling. And if I'm calling myself forwards to reach the next level of existence, it's going to be super uncomfortable because, because in, in some way, you know, if this is true, if everything that, I experience is reflected based on like who I am, then in order for me to level up, I need to, to go through some internal like liberation and turmoil and, and feel some intense energy and emotions inside of me. So 
um, yeah, I think, you know, being committed to the work and always calling that forwards has always given me like these crazy experiences of, of spiritual awakenings, um, which now, you know, with a lot of the work that Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing and a lot of the work that, you know, thought leaders are doing today, um, learning about the molecule in the brain, the spirit molecule, you know, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, and how, how when the brain is releasing DMT, uh, the brain is having a sensory experience without the sensory input. So anything that's happening in the brain, the, the individual thinks it's real and, and it is real to them. And, and, you know, if this whole thing called life is a reflection of our being and our state of consciousness, then it's only a matter of time until visions become real. And, and that also, in my opinion, is a part of the spiritual journey. Those radical moments of, of reorganization of someone's reality uh, and if something is super different than where an individual is in this moment, then it could take some time for things to reorganize. And that is an awakening in itself because uh, your the brain will always make sense of things based on past experiences and visions are also included in that because visions become real. So uh, that can be super uncomfortable when life starts to reorganize uh, to reach some vision or reach some uh, state of being that will allow us to serve or, or love, you know, even more than we do. Um, and every time that happens, I think like humans experience some type of like, whoa, like this is intense. You know, it's like a, a, a reorganization of yeah. self in a yeah. way. And that's so beautiful. So. And, and, you know, what's coming up for me right now is how before in your, um, when you were telling us a bit about your background and when you said that you started writing down all of your affirmations and your, and your rainbow colors and how you were like screaming mm-hmm. out to the, you started screaming them out to the universe. And I've been recently doing this Tony Robbins breakthrough challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I'm in it too. Yeah. I've been hopping in it like randomly. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool. Um, yeah. He, he was talking the other day about, how he does affirmations a bit differently and he calls them invocations because he puts all of his Mm -hmm. energy to it and screams it out and says it like a thousand times. And he has this story about how he had to walk home. I I can't remember exactly how many miles, but it was a really long distance. And he just started saying to himself, you know, I'm better than this or, um, and, and God's will will manifest in my life in however way. And he was like saying it his whole way home. And so it, it gives me this sense of um, realization that like, like how you mentioned before, we are so powerful and we can be conscious um, of our ability to move energy and, and manipulate energy and anchor things into reality. So uh, super beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Robbins, he's, he's on another level and, I mean, he's, he's figured something out. And, and I think a lot of people have had moments like that when it's just like, just this, there was no alternative. I know I've had moments like that. And that's what I've experienced when I was, you know, standing on the hill in my parents' backyard, screaming these affirmations to myself, incantations, you know, invocations, whatever they are, these, these words that, that can become this embodied experience, um, it's so powerful and, and, and it takes, you know, it's really vulnerable too, really vulnerable to, to see oneself in that way mm-hmm. and allow oneself to just almost like unleash this 
this primal essence of like, there's no alternative. This it has to come through me. And so I'll scream and cry and roar until it appears in my life. And, and it's so powerful. Yeah. 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 It's a great question. Yeah. Um, chiropractic, you know, primarily we deal with the nervous system and specifically the nervous system, uh, is the main connection in how the brain and body are communicating. And when we can keep that system clear, when we can keep the nervous system clear and regulated with how the brain and body communicate, we can also see how clear we can experience our life, right? Because if, again, if everything is this, this giant reflection of like who we are, you know, how we're thinking, what we're feeling and who we're being, then, then the more clear we can keep our systems, the more clear we can see our reality in life, the more clear we can feel what we feel, you know, and experience new things, new people, new places that really, if we're doing the work, are just waiting for our arrival, you know, this time hasn't caught up yet. And so the practice, you know, chiropractic um, was founded by Dr. D.D. Palmer, modern day chiropractic, at least. Chiropractic has been used since ancient times, people, uh, the old Mayan bone setters, you know, the, the ancient, um, body workers were, were tuned into these things and modern day chiropractic was founded by Dr. D.D. Palmer and uh, it was founded with the intention of bridging man physical with man spiritual and and really awakening the innate intelligence that's inside of us that's always working it's always doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason and allowing people to awaken that intelligence to experience greater levels of presence and realize that the body heals when we're present. The body heals when we allow it to heal. The body heals when, when we keep it clear of miscommunication. It doesn't need anything outside of self. It just needs no interference. And so the practice of chiropractic is designed to connect with someone's nervous system. I used to, ha I used to have a mentor, he would always say, it's all about connection over correction and, and, and connecting to the individual, acknowledging that the individual is already whole. That is healing. Acknowledging that the individual is, is already alive and, and, and well and full of love. You know, that is, is what it means to be a doctor of the future. And guess what? I think we're all doctors of the future. We're all the medicine. And, and so as chiropractors connect with people's systems and, and connect with the tone and frequency and, and the essence of someone's body, uh, we can acknowledge people, you know, where they are in order to take people where they need to go. And, and I'll be the first to say no healer has ever healed anyone, you know. What, what healers do is, is they hold the space within self, yes. you know, within their own instrument. So other people can tune their instruments and then we can sing together as this orchestra of life because we're all hitting the right note, the right key and singing our most authentic song. And that, that's what chiropractic is built on. And the pain and, and dysfunction and trauma is super easy to get rid of, you know. That's like a lot of the stuff we learn in school. You know, it's, it's science. It's, it's very easy. Uh, helping people adapt, helping people perceive their self and, and their surroundings in a more clear and expansive way. Ultimately, to get people to a level of consciousness to where they're so aware of their own needs and wants and desires and where their own body is in time and space that they don't need a mm -hmm. chiropractor. 
They don't need a vaccine or a prescription or surgery. They are the medicine and, and they live life from that space. Um, that's the whole goal with chiropractic. Like, you know, when chiropractors get to say like, Hey, like, this is it. Like you can keep coming back if you want to continue to reach higher levels of existence for the most part, like you're clear, <laughs> you're good. like you're cleared out. Like now this is a, now this is a, a co-creation of like, Hey, where can we take this? You know? And so, um, that that's like the foundation of, of what chiropractic is built on. And, and again, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who his background is in chiropractic and he's been a mentor from afar for me, you know, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and his story is beautiful. You know, if your listeners haven't checked it out, but yeah, you know, there's, there's this, there's this deeper knowing of, of how chiropractic, you know, it's a great way to like open the gateway for people to really step into this world and there's more like, 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 like there's always more and, and it's discovered inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing a great job of, of pioneering that space. Oh, yeah. um, he will still touch on, on chiropractic in his videos today. And, and, you know, I've spent the last three, mo three years of my life, uh, discovering like what is next, right. you know, you know, he's done great work and, and, and all these thought leaders are doing incredible work and, you know, I'm so young. So I can't help but just think like, wow, what's what's next? Yeah, you know, yeah. for this for the field of of science and spirituality, like what like what is next? And so I like to think about that stuff very often, <laughs> and a lot of the conversations I have are are based around like possibility, mm -hmm. and and I've done some crazy things to 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 explore what is possible. I've done an eight day fast, Whoa. you know, which is a very very exper like spiritual experience. What? I ran a marathon. <laughs> we just pause for a second there. you know okay so this is this is really funny i was the other day um just watching a little bit of an interview with dr Rondra, Rhonda patrick on the joe rogan experience mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she had recently like after all these years mm -hmm. started doing keto because she noticed her level of mental clarity was just so great when she was um when she was fasting and uh coincidentally the next morning um or something like that i just felt awful i had had a couple too many drinks the night before and I, it was just like it was just like i i you know usually i make breakfast and breakfast is like my breakfast is my shit it's like my it's my moment to shine i go all in but a lot of the times like even though i do try and be fairly healthy and incorporate a lot of fruits and vegetables um into into what I'm eating uh, a lot of the times after I eat I just get really tired and so um, on this day in particular I, I had so much to do usually like you know if I'm down and out bad I'll just like stay in sleep and <laughs> but I couldn't I, I had to do things so um, I forced myself up out of bed and got on with my day but I had no appetite and you know by the time my hangover symptoms left me <laughs> um, I noticed that I was feeling pretty great and I was feeling really clear and I had so much energy and I wasn't getting this like mental fog thing that happened. So, you know, I, mm. I ate like around seven, but, <laughs> but you doing that for eight days. Oh my God. I would just love to hear uh, what that was like for you. Yeah, it's a good question. And, and yeah, congratulations, you know, on like allowing your body to, to take care of things. Like I said, you know, the body does the right thing at the right time for the right reason. 
And the more we can tune into that, the more easily uh, we can heal and, and, and optimize, you know, this physical vessel for, for fulfillment and, and ecstasy and joy and human connection and, and all the things we love, right? So, yeah, listening, you know, being in tune with the body is so important. And fasting, in my opinion, is, is an incredible way to explore that. The eight-day fast was, was uh, super intense. My mentor at the time, he had just done a seven-day fast. And I was like, you know what? I can do an eight-day fast. My, my, my longest fast before that was three days. And so it wasn't like, it, it was like, he, he'll love to hear this, but it, it was beyond like competition. We, like, I like to think of competition as like helping each other level yes. up, you know, because it's coming from such a space of love. And when it's coming from a space of love, it's like, let's go. Like, what else do we got? Like, come on, we're all on the same team. Let's run these drills and, and practice. And, and so when the, when the lights come on and we step on this stage and we have to serve and the people that need our love or our mission or our service are right in front of our face, like, who do we show up in those moments? Like, like, like how, how do we show up in those moments? And, and so I'm like, yeah, let's, let's be competitive. You know, let's do some wild stuff. And so I started this eight-day fast. First day was really easy. I did water and pink Himalayan salt. That's it. Uh, I was still serving. I was still, you know, living my life, doing CrossFit workouts and everything like that. It was super intense. The second day was, was the hardest day. Um, and I did a CrossFit workout that day. And so I really liked kicked through ketosis ketosis is is like uh basically the body's utilizing more fats than than glucose and carbohydrates Um, so it's a a stronger source of energy because the body's utilizing the fat sources the fat resources other than the the carbs and, and the sugars that are in the bloodstream and after ketosis i got so energized and so my next seven days were were so intense because I was going through these like emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual breakthroughs uh, in a very energetic like state. And so, and, and my, my brain wanted to be like, oh, just like go get food. It'll give me dopamine, you know, and, and it'll be cool. But like the body doesn't need food. People have done 40 day fasts or even longer, like depending on what ancient tradition, like traditions you, you read. And so I was like, I don't need food. Like I can just continue to, to, to not eat and continue to discover like, you know, what are these feelings that are coming up? Why am I hungry? Right. Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I just wanting some dopamine, you know, or does my body really need food? And so I got to discover like layers beyond layers, beyond layers of, of healing wow. and really unpack these things from the very center, you know, of who I am you know, physically to, to emotionally and intellectually, mentally and spiritually, you know, the very edges of my existence, I got to unpack all of those layers and and really clean, really clean my aura, you know, my energy Mm -hmm. in a natural way without the use of substances and, and, and psychedelics and, and drugs and prescriptions or anything. I got to just do it without eating, (laughs) which is kind of crazy, you know, but, but I'm so grateful for it. Um, and I, I remember going to Whole Foods or going to food courts and things like that just to almost like slightly, I wanted to like tease myself and be like, what happens if I go to Whole Foods? Like, 
on day five of my fast. Like, you know, how am I going to respond and react? But really, I wanted to tune in and be like, okay, what foods am I being called to? Like my my primal essence, like, why am I being called to this, this, these beets? Or why am I being called to these like peppers and and mushrooms? You know, I really got to tune in and be like, my body wants this stuff and like, I'm resisting it. So I'm getting more and more clear on like the fine tuned like things that my body really needs. And, and in a, in a way it was like my body, like eating away at itself, everything that I didn't need. And I was finding these precise foods and, and, and levels of nourishment that like I needed. Cool. That reminds me of, um, I used to watch like a lot of those shows about when people would get stuck, like, uh, like on a boat or something. Uh, or or somewhere where they had to like you know go into survival mode and there would be these stories about like you know they'd finally catch a fish and um, for some reason like the brain or like one like one of the organs would seem like so appetizing it's because you know like the nutrients in that specific part of the mm-hmm. the animal's body would provide their body with the nourishment that it needed and so um you talking about like why do i feel called to go to the beach like that's just so interesting um and also so empowering just your whole just everything that you just said um about about awakening the healer within um it's not Mm -hmm. needing anything outside of ourselves and um and you know it makes me think of how I've been feeling quite jaded lately about, you know, like the blatant corruption in the pharmaceutical industry and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and I know it's essential uh, for me to alchemize my anger and my frustration into inspiration so that I'm able to like um, raise awareness on what's going on, you know, without blame and without judgment and, um, and, and, and looking into your work and just who you are as a person and what you're all about. Um, It seems like you've already got some big and beautiful ideas on how we as a society can do this. Um, And you've already spoken on it (laughs) about how, like, you know, awakening the healer within. Um, But, you know, could you Mm -hmm. chat to us a bit about your visions of of your topics such as like decentralizing healthcare and, and utopian medicine? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Of course I will. <laughs> All right, you got me. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I just got selected to speak at TEDx. And the slogan at TEDx is uh, TEDx. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that means so much to me. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I, I imagine that you have a very spiritual audience and and people that are really tuned into a lot of those kinds of paradigms and systems. And I'm a Leo. So for me, I'm like, give me the mic and let me let me roar, like, please. And thank you. Like, let's go. And, and like, I'm ready to go like right now. Like, what do you want me to talk about? And so like, I'm super excited to hop on that stage and, and really, you know, express and, and give my highest expression in the topics that I love. And one thing I've really been working on is uh, this brand new data set called the conscious footprint. And this data set is bridging heart rate variability, which 
has been linked to altered states of consciousness, uh, brain and heart coherence, the autonomic nervous system, and I'm correlating uh, the electromagnetic field of the heart to the carbon footprint. So I'm showing people uh, through their brain and heart coherence, essentially, the space between their heartbeats, how they are influencing the external world through their heart and through their carbon footprint. So we're showing people how their inner world is, is directly reflected in the outer world based on their level of environmental sustainability as a society. So we, we can connect these two. Yeah, right. And it's like, and this is, you know, TEDx's slogan is ideas worth sharing. And so I just feel like the yeah, world I needs to hear about this. I can't think of an like, idea right now more worth sharing. That is, that's huge. Yeah. And it's, it's not about me, you know, like I just have this idea. I can really talk about it. I really understand it. All the science, the environmental aspects of it. I'm like, Hey, I just want to yes. talk about this. And like, hopefully someone down the line can start doing research or, you know, someone can really be like, Oh, this is making sense. Like this guy's onto something like, and hopefully people can, can further it, you know, further the mission. So, um, yeah, you know, it's showing people how, the more conscious we can become of heart rate variability, which is the space between heartbeats, you know, the time interval between heartbeats. Ideally, we want to have a high heart rate variability. That means uh, someone is in a state of optimal function, greater ability to adapt, greater ability to be resilient and live in a, a primed and agile state of being. That is a large heart rate variability, being able to amp up the heart rate and also being able to you know, settle it down, right? Having the best of both worlds. And we're connecting that to the carbon footprint and helping people realize like, oh, like how are we living more uh, sustainable or regenerative or conscious in society with, with the carbon footprint, which, you know, ultimately measures carbon emissions in the atmosphere, but it's, it's uh, correlated to, uh, you know, processed foods, packaging, uh, pharmaceutical industry, um, chemicals, herbicides, pesticides, things in, in our farming, in our environment. So all these things that influence the environment um, as a whole. And so people would say that people would say that uh, our heart rate variability is greater when we're younger and it decreases over time based on age. That's just based on the averages. You can pull this data up on uh, the HeartMath Institute. They have a really good website to, to learn about these things. And, and so people would say that the heart rate variability decreases over time. You know, yet, yet a lot of people say that actually humans become more conscious as we get older. And I'm just like, well, how is that the case? You know, if, if, if our heart rate variability is actually decreasing, if we're living less life per moment as we get older, how do we come, become more conscious? And that's when environmental sustainability comes in. As we get older, we can impact the whole by living more consciously, you know, as, as a society, you know, paving this way for the children to come in who, again, will have a greater level of heart rate variability, greater level to adapt. They can come in and do the work. We can create the space as we get older for them to do that work. Physiologically, this is what we're designed to do. It just makes sense. Like as a, as a human species, why are we trying to do anything else other than this? You know, and, and, and I'm really passionate about, 
you know, discovering more about this and, and connecting it to ancient, you know, utopian societies and patterns that have showed up every 250,000 years and, you know, all these different uh, belief systems around, like, why do we as a society continue to put ourselves into these places of potential mass extinction? Or, or why do we as a society continue to put ourselves into spaces of inequality and racism and, and corruption or just literally anything on the planet? Like what can we do as a whole at the subtle level to reorganize that? So when you look in someone's, when you look in someone's eyes and you see this fire behind their eyes, you don't need to say a word. You see them and they, say, and they see you and there's nothing else that needs to be said and we're all connected to a greater vision of life. And I know we all know those moments. Yes. Um, and I'm having them now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that thing is happening in me whenever truth and passion just really resonates with me and what you're saying. Oh, wow. It's just so powerful. And truthfully, what so many people will benefit from hearing, um, even if I can like just barely understand <laughs> what you're saying, it's like, yes. This is what we need because so many people feel like, what can I do to change the world? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make a difference. So many people right. feel like this, like, yeah, the world's going to end and there's nothing we can do except sit by and watch. And this isn't the truth. This isn't the case. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. yeah, work, work like this is so important. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of work with uh, divine masculine embodiment and, and part of that work is, is always speaking truth and truth doesn't necessarily mean my truth mm -hmm. truth means to me uh, whatever will benefit the whole whatever will benefit the kingdom yes whatever will benefit the people because i am the people i am the kingdom we are we're all we're all connected to to one another you know and and so if something doesn't benefit everyone then then it's not truth to me so yeah, I like to just speak from that space and, and empower other people to speak to that from that space too and, and really help them realize that, you know, what we can do and a lot of people that are asking those questions, it's less about uh, doing something on our devices, you know, on these these two by six inch uh, like robots that we keep in our pockets. Mm -hmm. It's more about doing the inner work and, and, and showing up and being the change that we want to see in the world. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like, it's tricky right now with uh, this whole AI <laughs> metaverse being like such a huge thing in our faces and this like this um, argument on whether we are supposed to like transform ourselves into technology and go more in that direction. And then it seems to be like another another angle of looking at it that's that's like no mm -hmm. we have all this wisdom and technology and power in our bodies that where we haven't even scratched the surface of it and the more time that we're spending on our devices is taking away from that and so it's like I it, this is something that I think about a lot um and I tend to lean towards you know like like let me go into meditation like I, let me tap into that power and see what's there but um yeah, it's just it's just tricky to see how things are gonna pan out. But then again, it's never black and white, is it? It's like like maybe it's gonna be neither, or maybe it's gonna be like something in the middle that I can't see yet. That's like like the middle way. 
Yeah, so true. We, we won't really know, right? And everything that has ever been created was once imagined. And so I think it's our duty as visionaries, as, as, as pioneers and, and warriors of the earth to continue to live from that space because this earth has a, a rhythm and a beat to it, just like the beat of our heart. And the more we can connect to that, the more we can come together and, and speak truth and, and create whatever it is that we need to create because a warrior's heart beats as one. And, and we must remember that, and especially in times of chaos. Wow, this is making me think of how um, I recently heard Dr. Is his name Zach, Dr. Zach Bush. <laughs> I recently heard yeah, him Zach Bush. mention how you actually remind me a lot of him, <laughs> but just both brilliant. Um, cool, but cool. I recently heard him say that he, somebody told him that, you know, how we have our seven chakras, that the universe has its seven chakras and that planet earth is the heart chakra of the universe. And um, I just can't stop thinking about that. Because like how beautiful and, and it makes a lot of sense too. And talk, talking about creating more coherence within ourselves, which creates more coherence outside of ourselves and in our communities. And like at this bigger level, it makes me think of, wow, that just makes so much sense. It must keep fractaling outwards and outwards and into the universe. And how beautiful would it be if this is the case that through creating a state of coherence within the heart chakra of the universe by creating a state of coherence within our, <laughs> our own bodies. Um, but if that keeps mm -hmm. fractaling outwards and then all of a sudden we've created coherence in the universe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Dr. Zach Bush, he's, he's tuned in, you know, to the bigness of, of a lot of stuff that's happening on the planet and uh, just like, you know, you are as well, and, and you're doing your work, and, and as am I doing my work, and I'm sure your listeners are too. And yeah, just very grateful, you know, to, to be aware that, that I'm aware, yeah. you know, to be, to, to understand um, this beautiful present moment, and that, and that I can create from this space, mm -hmm. and live from this space, and that other people are doing that too, and, and I'm not yeah. alone. So, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. special. Um, and so I'm wondering now, what are some of your practices or techniques that you incorporate into your life um, to help you find this state of resonance and coherence in your body? Like before, you're talking a lot about how you feel into things, but I feel like a lot of people, we get really in our heads about it and we're like, how do I feel into, <laughs> how do I feel into this thing? Um, so yeah, like both yeah. physically and energetically, what are some of the things that you incorporate into your existence? Yeah, this is a good question. Yeah, you know, I've definitely done so many uh, different techniques of, of breath work and, and meditation and exploring conscious movement and foundational training. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I decided to run a marathon without even training. Um, and I wrote down these like, questions on these note cards um, that I wanted to ask myself. So I would run like two miles and then I would ask myself a question and then I would run two more miles and like, you know, write down my answers. And so it was like wow. an emotional marathon <laughs> and a physical marathon without even training. And so like personally for me, I like to do like, you know, wild 
thanks to to explore what is possible yeah. you know uh, like climbing a mountain or or you know this eight day fast or a marathon you know that's what i'm really passionate about i think my next one will will be a, a seven day darkness retreat where i just sit in in the dark like for seven days uh with my thoughts and and pitch black uh, no connection to the outside oh, world man. just you know in the darkness so that's like my next my next uh journey that i want to do and and you know before that yeah like i would say that i'm 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 super into breath work. I'm super into movement. Um, I'm super into, you know, tuning my nervous system. And, and really, once I recognize that something needs to be worked through, uh, I like to go towards it. You know, I, I'm like, okay, what is this that I'm feeling? How can I go towards it to blast through it and, emer- and like emerge on the other side victorious and, and realize that it was all a story in my mind telling me uh, reasons why I couldn't live the best life I could imagine. And one thing that, that I've told someone in the past is a lot of people use essential oils, you know, and essential oils are super powerful. And when someone is stressed, very often they will reach for, you know, a lavender essential oil to make them better. But really, that's still relying on something outside of self to heal so i like to say like oh if someone's stressed like what if they what if they actually got like a peppermint oil you know that that would actually like amp them up even more so they had to look at like what they were facing (laughs) you know like like how can we use these these practices to actually go towards feeling and towards our healing and just like ayahuasca just like these powerful you know psychedelic plant medicines help us do Mm -hmm. there's no hiding you know, there's, it's just raw. We're naked. There's no tools. There's no breath work or yoga or practices. Like who are we when we're completely naked in all that we are? Like that's when we discover, like that's when we discover the true healing and the true essence of like what we're capable of. And so I like to operate from that space, you know, and, and going, going towards things that make me feel uncomfortable and, and, and towards the unknown and, and realizing that like, in the unknown is is where all possibilities yes, lie. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, and that's not- I like to be like comfortable in that space. Yeah, <laughs> that's just wild. It's wild and epic because, like you know, I can say for myself, and I feel like for a lot of a lot of other people, we like we do things to mitigate <laughs> our senses of unease and senses of uncomfort and what a radical idea it is to just go directly into that thing approach of the innermost cave is just Campbell would coin it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and like there's so many parables that talk about yeah what's in that dark cave you know where the beast lives and sleeps and and growls and you know is is beaten with skulls and hairy and bloody and scratched well those are just aspects of ourselves that need love and, and need healing and, and that can go for any aspect of life. Mm-hmm. So, so true. I like to play with it, you know, and then, and then getting into that cave and being like, oh, actually, like this beast wants to shuffle and like and like dance and like, you know, play like that's the fun part of it. So wow. speaking of dance and play, what is <laughs> this? Is it Omnia? Omnia? Omnia Catalyst? 
Yeah. What is that all about? Um, and for those of you listening, wow, it'd be so cool if I could edit in um, like that, that clip that you sent me. Um, it's just like, it, it looked like, like a mini festival <laughs> almost. Mm -hmm. um, and it looked like there was um, a lot of awareness and a lot of consciousness and a lot of beautiful energy in that container. So yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, it's a passion project of, of mine and my partners uh, who I met in Guatemala. We, we met back up at Burning Man this past year. Wow. And at Burning Man, we got this idea. We were like, hey, let's start throwing like one day uh, like immersive yoga, art and music festivals where we have, you know, all these facilitators and experts DJing and teaching yoga and breath work and sound healing. And we have, you know, these live uh, artists, live psychedelic artists, like all around the space. And we'll have food vendors and, you know, all these things. And, and where can wow. we do it? And, and how can we do it? And, and how can we do it? And uh, yeah, so we started to create these events and, and we created that company and it grew super fast. We, we had a lot of help from a lot of different collaborators and yeah, you know, those are moments of, of utopian medicine wow. where people are, where people are coming in to, to connect and, you know, reach deeper levels of intimacy and authentic relating. And they're coming in to dance and breathe and meditate where they can heal their physical bodies. And they're coming in to, you know, to, to expand and, and see what's possible and break through any limiting beliefs around their healing or any type of trauma. And yeah, I'm passionate about creating spaces like that where people can discover more of themselves and, and do the work to heal. And I mean, I was dancing too, and I was there like enjoying the space too. Uh, so, so it's good for me as well. You know, it's good for all of us. And so, yeah, I'm super passionate about that. And, you know, the world needs to connect more. The world needs to, you know, get rid of all these masks and, and come out and, and actually like remember that we're all human and we're all in this together and we all went through it. So why are we still elbow bumping? Why don't we start hugging again? You know, like, I just, I want to see more love in the world. And so I'm inspired to create more events and, and, and see what happens with that. Beautiful. I love it. Um, yeah. I'd love to attend the next one, wherever it is. Cause it's yeah. very, very <laughs> epic. Um, yeah. And so you, I heard you say on the Healing Intentions podcast <laughs> with Adrian, um, yeah. That you were the first person in your family to leave the country and travel um and that's just another very commendable thing uh i too was the first person well okay that's that's not entirely true so my family's from haiti um but like once we've come to the states like my my dad's only gone back and forth to haiti and so i was first person to like venture out in other countries in that sense um and I faced a lot of like, I feel like a lot of fear and confusion from both my family and my peers. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this too, but it seems to be this like, what what, what are you going to do out there <laughs> type of thing? And, and it's dangerous over there. They're killing people over there. And like, and, and yeah, so yeah. I, I wonder, um, did you go through any of that with your family or friends? And, um, and also... I wonder if you could speak to like why you think it is so important to to travel. Yeah, yeah, 
Sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. By the way, I just you know want to take a few moments to like witness you and and like you know how you have have chosen to travel and and live that life of expression and expansion and yeah. adventure. So that's just so beautiful. So yeah, I just acknowledge that like that's super dope yeah. and, and powerful. Um, and, you know, it's our duty, I think, to, to find new environments that create new connections and new experiences in the brain uh, that allow us to live life from a new place. Because um, the brain is always making sense of life, you know, based on past experiences. And if we get stuck in the same ways of thinking and feeling and being, we're going to get the same results. So travel, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to, you know, create new yeah. connections and, and create new experiences and experience new things to shift, you know, beliefs and paradigms and frameworks on who we are and how we show up in the world. And yeah, I went through a lot of resistance. I went through, uh, you know, I think my family might have went on like one or two cruises when when they were growing up but nobody has ever like really gotten a passport and like traveled and like lived outside the country and yeah there's a great big world out there and and during this these processes during this process of like writing these affirmations down and screaming them to myself I wanted to travel and I would scream that to myself as well and then yeah I started traveling and so any resistance that I met I was in such an embodied place that I knew so, you know, at the center of my being that I was meant to travel. And I was in such a heart-centered place that, like, anything they said to me, I was just, like, you know, utilizing my my conscious communication techniques of, hey, thank you for sharing this. Like, I hear you. Like, you know, I don't need your support. I would love to have it. Um, I'm choosing to do this for me, and and I hope that you can support me in that. And if not, like, that's okay. <laughs> And the, the more the more I really started to just stand in my power and and communicate and set boundaries and and heal deep levels of codependency and, and attachment like in myself and in my family, the more free I felt to travel because like I said, if our environment is a mirror, you know, when we change, it forces our environment to change. And so I was no longer viewing myself as that inner child that was, you know, sheltered and kept in a, in a house or, you know, not allowed to travel. I was viewing myself in a new way and my family had to view me in that way too, to reorganize to who I was being, you know. So I got to say, hey, I command my attention and my awareness right now into this present moment and this is who I am. And my life will reorganize to who I am being. And yeah, that process was super powerful for me and beautiful. And I communicate so well with my family now that, that I've been through this because they've learned like, oh, wow, like, yeah, you know, the world operates differently and people communicate yeah. differently and, and nonviolent communication and radical honesty is actually really badass and, and really powerful and healthy for our family dynamic. And when they started to realize that, and I remember the first time my mother was like, hey, Evan, um, I'm feeling a lot of emotions. Like, can I share this with you? Like, do you have space to like, 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 do you have space to like, listen to me right now? I was like, yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for not unloading this on me without asking. Thank you for getting consent when if you wanted to share your intense emotional trauma with yes. me. Yes, I'm here. And I want to hold space for you, mother. Like, thank you. And so, like, that's how we communicate now, and it's so powerful. And I'm so grateful 
um, that I honored myself and that I loved myself to that degree during those really uncomfortable moments to, to get to this place of, of communication with my family and how healing it is, you know, for me, my entire ancestral line to travel and, and, and see the world. So Amazing. yeah, it was, there was some resistance. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. Yeah. And, and you weren't just like traveling lollygagging either. Like not that, not that. <laughs> there's anything wrong with traveling and lollygagging i was traveling and lollygagging beautiful, beautiful <laughs> things happen along the way but right. um if i heard correctly yeah. you wrote um you wrote two of your books or while you were traveling yeah i basically you know when i left traditional healthcare and got back from hawaii i started to write right away mm-hmm. um that manifested as like 195,000 words over the next year and a half. And so that like, while I was traveling, I was writing wow. and being inspired. And, and if it wasn't for travel, I wouldn't have been able to, to write, you know, cause it was always in, it was sparking my inspiration and my imagination. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so what was this writing process like for you? Would you write in bursts of inspiration or did, did you have like a schedule when you were like, you know what, uh, from this time to this time I'm going to write or, or how was that? Yeah. How was that for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, with chiropractic, we always we always used to operate with this belief that, you know, I, I will not serve another human until my system is clear. Wow. I will not I will not connect with another human system until I clear my own, and I will not help other people reach the next level of who they are until I'm fully present, grounded, connected to the bigness connected to source and heart centered. And I followed the same framework when I was writing, you know, I, I really didn't like to write um, until I felt clear until I felt like, you know, really centered in who I am centered in my life centered in my relationships. So the writing process was super healing because, you know, like these devices are also, you know, some type of, of reflection of, of who we are right now. Yes, physically, because I can see my face on the screen. <laughs> Um, and also like, you know, this is a mirror into my consciousness and what's going on in my mind. And so when I would write, I would constantly see these words and these frameworks and all this information that was like a reflection of like me and, and, and the experiences that I've had. And that was really intense and, and also really healing. And so there were moments when I was writing and I was like, Whoa, I need to like stretch my body, like create space. Cause like, this is really heavy stuff that I'm writing about or, Whoa, like I'm feeling, I'm like celebrating. I'm like, this is amazing. This is like, this is coming through so clearly. And I would just, you know, get myself into spaces where I was really tuned in. And then I would write from that place. And yeah, it was super healing. Super, super healing. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so you have three incredible books out. um, And without diving too deep into all of them, (laughs) just. For the sake of time, um, I wonder if, you know, you have Wake Up, the Future of Healthcare, and you have Beyond the Mirror, and you have the Beginner's Guide to Utopian Medicine, but I'm wondering if, like, just book by book, you could just maybe (sighs) just go lightly into what they're each about, Mm -hmm. and um, so that whoever's listening can be like, oh yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like a book that, that might help me out a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'd be happy to do so that. Yeah. First, wake up. 
the first, yeah, wake up the future of healthcare, bridging science, spirituality, and what it means to be fully human. That's the first book I published. Uh, that one is a lot about my life story, and it's a lot about uh, inner child trauma, um, how to heal um, with the most modern techniques in psychology and psychosomatic wow. therapy and uh, communication and boundaries and consent. And I touch a little bit on u- utopian societies and, you know, what it means to live uh, with a utopian nervous system and, and, and what are these principles of life that people can follow to, to be centered while they heal and, and reach the next level of who they are. And I also touch on uh, quantum physics and um, epigenetics and human consciousness in that book. So that one's like more of like the most simple framework of my work. Uh, Utopian Medicine um, is my second book. That one's titled Utopian Medicine, Rewriting Mental Health, Mother Nature, and Modern Society. So in that one, I talk a lot about the neuroscience of psychedelics and, you know, different types of, of healing modalities, uh, everything from combo and, you know, 5-MEO and ayahuasca to Chinese medicine and supplements and essential oils, you know. So I touch on a lot of different things that, you know, people who are just now wanting to get into alternative healing methods can pick up that book and, and learn about all of it and uh, almost also, like, crack them open to new ways of thinking and, and show them that, uh, there's other ways to heal. And so that, that book is a lot about, um, yeah, those, those types of concepts. And, uh, it's the biggest of my three books because it's more like a textbook, uh, where it really explains a lot of educational information for people who want to educate themselves around mental health. And I even dive into like the language that society uses around mental health and, uh, how like toxic it is and actually like we need to stop saying that these people have right. diseases because actually like they're very intelligent and have beautiful hearts and 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 they're actually really incredible people and so the the whole dsm5 the whole framework in my opinion is is like really messed up so i like to like imprint new language i talk about all this new language that we can use as a society when we're talking about mental health uh, to actually create spaces where these people can feel free to express. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give the audience an example of that, one thing that I like to, one, one that I like to talk about is uh, schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, you know, has, the disorder itself is characterized by excess dopamine and, and really? serotonin. And, and one of the crazy things about uh, the pathways neurologically and, and, Bio, biochemically is dopamine and serotonin can eventually uh, duplicate or um, go through a few chemical reactions and reach the level of one of the power, most powerful molecules on the planet, DMT. And so uh, when there's excess dopamine and serotonin, the brain and body needs to do something with it. So it converts it into other molecules. So I have this theory that actually like people with schizophrenia are like super connected and, and they're always having like a radical reorganization of self because they're constantly in a, in a state of ecstasy and, and reaching um, moments when their brain is creating DMT. So that's just a theory that I have. 
but yeah, I talk about the I talk about this in, in the book. Yeah. Um, and then and then the third book is called To Infinity and Beyond the Mirror, exploring love, human perception, and the beautiful present moment. So that one was like a really like uh, passion project of mine where I talk about love and 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 self-care and and just like sexuality and pleasure and like those kinds of things and also like cracking the doors open to human perception and and what lies in the gateway of perception in our in our thoughts and feelings and how we see and taste and smell and hear and like how can we always up level that to experience a greater life and yeah just presence you know overall like I like to explore uh, ancient techniques on, on what that means and, and what it means to me. And yeah, that one was like a real passion project wow. of mine. So that one's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just, you are just such a powerhouse and at such a young age. How old are you? 29. Wow. This is crazy. And, <laughs> and just listening to you speak now and, um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, when you said you're a Leo, so <laughs> you have this, like, you love, like, this, this is your shit, like, you're, you're um, so great mm-hmm. at, <clears throat> at getting across these big and bright ideas and, and, um, and showing mm-hmm. your passion and, um, I guess what I'm wondering is, so has it always been like this for you? Has it always been so easy for you to speak and flow so freely and so powerfully? Hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely has. And and it's been, and it, and I've done it in different ways over time. You know, as a child, it was singing and dancing and, and, and those kind of things, you know, as an athlete, it was, being the voice on the court, you know, constantly connecting everything. So everyone was aware of whatever was going on on the court and no one else had to speak. I was just so aware of it. Nobody else had to be. And I could just let my heart like lead me and like guide me and make sure everyone knew what was going on. And in chiropractic school, yeah, I was more passionate about like speaking and and really like holding space for people to discover within themselves what they needed rather than, you know, uh, the physical rehab or, or things like that. And then during chiropractic school, I had a really interesting experience. My grandfather, hmm, this is, this is like kind of intense, by the way, just so you're aware of it. Um, my grandfather, he passed away of stage four cancer and, uh, it, this cancer, it had, it had metastasized to his lungs. It was traveling throughout his whole body. It took over his whole body. And I remember laying, next to him, uh, sitting next to him, holding his hand when he was passing away. And he told me, because I was in chiropractic school at the time, he told me, Evan, you need to get my MRI from grandma because you're going to need it to change the world. Wow. And, and at the time, I didn't really know what it meant. But what I did was I looked at the MRI and what happened was there was this massive, uh, like, abscess or massive lump massive cancer in his throat and 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 the moment i saw it was the moment it clicked 
into my nervous system that this grandfather medicine that, that he just gifted me was, was for me to realize that I'm always here to express myself. And, and, and my grandfather, you know, he never really was taught how to um, express his emotions and, and feel. And like, you know, he was a greaser, right? He was like a, a city slicker, kind of like, you know, hick town, you know, leather jacket. Like he was in Elvis, like he was Elvis. You know, that was his, that was his kind of vibe. And not that Elvis wasn't, you know, feeling his emotions and emotionally intelligent, but like that was like the era that, that he was brought up in. And, and so he never really expressed himself. I never saw him cry or, or, you know, really express his truth. And so I was like, I will not go a single day in my life where I don't express myself and, and scream from the top of rooftops what I know about the topics I love. And so really over the last three years, it's really been like, a, it's been amplified. And I'm really, you know, excited to continue to step into that Thank more. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was, that yeah. is incredible. And, and really I'm feeling so many things right now um, because I, I've been shying away from, I have this terrible, okay, I, this is going to sound ironic because I have this podcast, but I actually have a terrible fear of public speaking. Like <laughs> anytime I have to um, <laughs> like speak in front of more than three people, I start shaking, my throat closes up. And so, and you know, now I, I have this, um, this opportunity to put together a couple of events, but I can feel myself sort of shying away from the task because <laughs> And so I, it was on the back of my mind earlier when you were talking about going into the thing that terrifies you and all of um, all of that. But even more so now with this beautiful story that you just shared, I'm like, wow, there's no time like the present to speak up and speak out. Yeah. Yeah. So true. You know, that's so beautiful. I'm excited for you and, and your events and. I'm so happy to hear that, yeah, you're stepping into that and recognizing and, and acknowledging that aspect of self that there is that fear and that's okay, you know, and you can, you can break through it. And yeah, I mean, neurologically and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure your, your audience has a, a good understanding of what the chakras are and, and how the chakras are uh, actually like their actual energy centers in our body parts of our nervous system and each energy center is correlated to different aspects of life. And, you know, the throat chakra in general uh, has to do with our expression and, and all matter is made of energy. And, and if energy isn't moving, then it will get stuck in place. And so, you know, I imagine that like my grandfather had all this energy in his throat and didn't know how to express it. And it just built up and built up and built up. And then um, it became this, this cancer in his life. And, and that manifested on the internal level. Um, wow. So I refuse to, I refuse to allow that energy to, to not come through me. And, and I'm not saying that this is true for everyone who isn't able to speak up, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just saying like, you know, the more we can tune into our physical bodies and, and correlate our physical bodies to the outside world, um, the more we can heal and the more we can evolve as wow. well. Cause, uh, yeah, they, they don't have to be separate. You know, that's an illusion. They can actually be the same thing. So, and, so powerful. Yeah. 
and I I want to move on here soon because I know we're running out of time. But it's just I yeah. I feel called to share. Also, um, it's so interesting that we're on this topic now because um, my my stepdad um, has Parkinson's and. You know, the other day he was driving me and my family to my cousin's wedding in Miami, but like I could just see him shaking, like see his hands shaking. And my stepdad is usually this very, um, he's been a Jehovah's Witness his whole life. And so he's this very like, like strict, straightforward man of stone who's like, mm -hmm. just like um, almost frozen into this this way of being and this um this religion that talks about how like you know don't you you shouldn't give in to the worldly pleasures and basically like not enjoy your life here because you know if you don't and you follow all these rules of the bible then your life and the next life is going to be so rewarding in the paradise but i <laughs> yeah it's it's really crazy i could just i <laughs> but i you know i was watching him and I couldn't help like this idea that popped up into my mind was like it's crazy how I feel like this disease has just manifested in his body and now he can't control his shaking and he can't control his moving um, but the, uh, to me it seems like this energy that just wants to be seen and has wanted to be seen and like now you know there's this like there's it's out of whack and it's out of balance and mm -hmm. yeah that's just that's just what Hmm. I'm you talking about that and that's another thing yeah. that makes like this all the, these things that you're sharing and this utopian health <laughs> um, vision so beautiful and so powerful and taking healing back into our own hands and into our own power and not waiting for these things to go out of balance um, and doing the healing work now hmm. wow yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm curious. Are you are you wanting me to just you know witness you in that, or are you wanting me to to reflect on that? I know we are like in a podcast, and also like I want to just respect you and and acknowledge that that might be tough for you. So like, no. yeah, how would you like me to respond to that? You know, I want to whatever feels natural, honestly. Um, if you'd like to reflect okay. on it, I'm happy to hear your feedback okay. or whatever comes up for you. Yeah, you know, it's, I just I have this belief that the body does the right thing at the right time mm -hmm. for the right reason. So, you know, I'm not sure what's going on internally, um, but I like to operate from, from the recognition that he is already whole. Mm -hmm. You know, he is already doing his absolute best. And, and his body is, is, is protecting him and, and honoring him and, and respecting him for whatever reason, you know, and, and maybe we, we won't know that and maybe we'll never know. Right. Uh, but yeah, at some level, you know, there is this, this awareness inside of him that, that is conscious of all that is happening on the inside and the outside. So yeah, I'm not sure like, like Parkinson's is a very interesting uh, aspect of, of this human experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like to call things like diseases or conditions or, you know, things that make it seem like there's something wrong with these people. Right. I'm sure he's just so full of love and intelligence mm -hmm. and, 
and who knows like he might be tuned in spiritually to things that we can't even see right. so like that's why like there that's why there's a tendency for those movements or mm. things and within those people you know maybe these things are actually very spiritual conditions wow. you know maybe maybe these these people are actually tuned into something that that we can't feel or see mm. and and maybe they're actually holding space for us in a way and 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 them doing these things is is their way of making sure that that we're safe like these modern superheroes like weird things that people do when actually like they're actually described in like marvel comic books oh my gosh you know wow so like <laughs> so like you know who knows who knows like really like is alzheimer's uh really happening because people are so present they don't have access to their memory wow you know like 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 all these things are blind people really like seeing laser cut through reality that there's no words that they have like for what they're seeing it's like i'm curious i'm curious if we can like to cut you off i just want to go and grab the charger for this (laughs) so please hold that thought i will be right back okay okay situated in my little nest here okay (laughs) sorry about that it's okay yeah i love the vibe with the flowers and the Uh, crystals and the plants yeah (laughs) thank you that's my little my little haven but um yeah what you're saying is so beautiful and so true um and what if the truth is that we just have been we just don't understand we just have this like little bit of um, lack of understanding about what's going on with all these different um, conditions and things that arise in us as humans being human beings. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, and I like to I like to shift the paradigm for people of, yeah, like, you know, ADHD, you know, maybe that is a, a, a true thing. And what if we shift our awareness to like the positive aspects of it, how these people are actually like hyper-focused and like, how can that be used for like ultimate creation of society, you know, or, or how can like super sensitive uh, people like not be looked at as, as like, you know, um, uh, what, what, what am I trying to say? Um, like autistic. Oh, yeah. Like autistic, um, for some reason, yeah, that word wasn't coming to me. But like, what if we shift that to like, actually, like they're like really clever and they're like really sensitive to like the environment. And like, what if we put a lot of them in the same room and then they meditated with their heart fields? Like, how would that connect? I'm like, I like to just like shift shift these paradigms and like think about the positive aspects and and you know, the society as a whole has always looked at these negative aspects and thinking that there's something wrong with these people when, mm. when really there's not, you know, and, and I'm so curious a lot of times when I, when I meet people, cause I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like internally, you know, I want to learn this stuff. Like, you know, so I just, I, I, I want society to be more curious and more open. And that comes with doing the work on ourselves mm. to accept ourselves and and not judge ourselves and and then we won't judge others wow i'm hopeful (laughs) and yeah people like maybe now people could like watch the avengers and and comic books and things and be like oh my gosh this is like this superhero is like this person in my life like 
that, that does these things, you know, so hopefully people can be more conscious and realize like, oh, maybe these people are actually like planting seeds in our consciousness to help us realize like things that, that we don't really understand. And uh, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you yeah. so much for reflecting and bringing all of that up. Wow. <laughs> um, and so as we wind down here, um, you are about to, on top of all the other things, launch a coaching business or coaching program. Yeah. 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 So I'm just thinking about, you know, different ways that I can serve, um, doing like some high level consulting, you know, coaching, those kind of things. I'm really passionate about men's work, uh, helping men heal and, and break through limiting beliefs and, and really step into their, their electric power and unconditional love and ecstatic presence, you know, for the world to feel and, and for the women of the world to, to feel safe and, and secure and, and to be wild and free as, as the incredible beings that they are. And so I'm doing some like women's work as well. So yeah, I'm opening myself up to, to a lot of coaching and, and, you know, helping people discover the, the next part of, of who they are and, and embody it and then show up with that. And, uh, yeah, it's a passion project of mine and I'm not sure where it's going to go. And I'm definitely here to serve. And yeah, if anyone listening wants to reach out, I'm here, I'm here to help. I'd be happy to, 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 you know, co-create and and hold space and, and facilitate life in that way. So people are free to reach out, you know, whenever. It's incredible. Yeah. I'll be sure to link everything below and, and you, um, talking about the men's work that you're diving into, just made me um, remember earlier that I wanted to bring up, uh, it seems very obvious that you have this like, well, you seem very balanced. I don't want (laughs) to take away from uh, the balance of the masculine and feminine energy in you. But it seems like you have like this beautiful masculine presence. And, um, you know, I'm just now learning about how I heard this thing, I don't know if you've um, heard it before, but that, you know, how there was this idea that the masculine and feminine should be like 50-50% in us, but really, um, this woman who was speaking, I think her name was Dr. Teresa Bullard, she was saying that the the balance is more like 70-30, and that we can benefit a lot from learning um, which energy that we are more oriented towards and and working with that so like for instance um for instance i i feel like i'm probably 70 percent feminine energy maybe more like 80 i don't know who knows um but i find that whenever i'm like all right go 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 it's time to do this this and this and and like get all these things done and i try and operate from this like masculine energy i find myself getting like uh like worn out <laughs> and, and uh things just don't flow that well for me um and mm-hmm. and i still you know have a lot of work to do <laughs> in in finding out how to show up um in the best way that i can and work and 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 help manifest my visions into reality um but doing so from this femininely 
energetic, <laughs> if that's the right mm -hmm. way to say it, um, standpoint. So I wonder if you could like speak to that. Do you find that like, like for instance, when you were just being the powerhouse that you are, <laughs> do you feel like you're, um, you're operating more from your masculine and, and that it just flows easier from, for you like that? Or how have you balanced out these energies within yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, you are definitely uh, just like wanting to witness you right now and like your just divine feminine, like goddess energy that you are, you know, yeah. and it's very, very uh, easy to recognize that, you know, inside of you and, and in your energy. So like, I think that's incredible that you're aware of it, too. And you can utilize that, you know, as your power. And, and I, I imagine that that's like authentically where you show up the most. And you know that's the beauty is that we get to choose and and i would say yeah i'm 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 mostly in, in my embodied masculine uh experience of life and i read this book about three years ago called the way of the superior man it changed my entire life and how i relate to women how i relate to sexuality how i relate to my mission and my purpose on this planet and recognizing that like, hey, if I'm not connected to these things, like how am I gonna connect with a woman? Mm -hmm. Hey, if I'm not connected to like my mission in like the most unshakable way to elevate humanity, like how is a woman gonna like rest into like my presence? Like if I'm not even resting into my own. And so this book like changed my life. And with that, you know, there's always this polarity. You know, the reason I'm able to do that is because I've spent days and, and nights like painting flowers and cry mm -hmm. you know i've spent like i've spent time in nature like connecting with mother earth like asking questions and 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 screaming at the top of my lungs and roaring as a lion you know and and i've spent the moments like really feeling and and connecting with the moon energy and and the more feminine aspects of who i am and and because of that it allows me to sway in both directions wow. and yeah, I'm, I'm constantly learning, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't figured it out, you know. Are I'm you just, sure? I, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, I received that. That feels good. Receive. Um, yeah, it's like, I know what feels good for me and, and I know how to show up and facilitate life mm. and, and I know how to clear my system and, and be of service to the collective and be of service to the people I love. And I'm super passionate about, yeah, like uh, rewriting the paradigm of what it means to be a conscious man in society today. Oh, and because of that, because of that, I, I, I feel that I do my absolute best to hold this standard of men that are in my life and, and to remind women that they deserve to be seen and loved and supported and all that they are by a man who wants nothing else but to just be present with them and lift them into the sky, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I just, I like to hold that standard and, and connect with men that almost will force me to level up too. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this beautiful men's group called Sacred Sons. I don't know if you've heard of mm -hmm. Sacred Sons or not. They also have a women's group called Sacred Sisters. Uh, yeah, they do incredible work. I feel that it's in your best interest to check it out and yeah, dive into that community. Um, you know, this embodied masculine work 
it's it's necessary uh, because when we think about the bigness you know of this planet um, and having children these children are reflections of of who we are and just like I didn't want to do chiropractic until I was clear just like I didn't want to do uh, write my books until I was clear and connected and whole well I really feel that like the more that men can heal and be open and vulnerable and feel their emotions and and reach like deeper levels of of presence for society as a whole first off and then the women that live on this planet the more beautiful uh children we will have because everyone is doing the inner healing work so we don't have another generation of men that come onto this planet and they're afraid to cry and feel and so uh, yeah i'm super passionate about you know pushing that vision and 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 reminding men that it's actually sexy to cry and and express our emotions and and i'll be the first to do it that's for sure and i hope i hope other men can do it as well wow I just want to take this moment to really say thank you. Thank you so much. Like, not just for everything that you've shared, but just for the big and epic and powerful and beautiful way you show up to this human being life. Like, you are incredible. You're an incredible human being. And you've tapped into that and done the work that's necessary and like you're not just like yeah i know that i'm this like basic human being and that's good enough for me no you're not you're like not stopping you're just like pumping out magic into the field and thank you thank you for that (laughs) yeah thank you for for witnessing me in that and and seeing me you know in this space and and acknowledging that that makes me feel you know, like, again, my inner child feels happy. And also, you know, my, my masculine essence feels happy, too, because the masculine always thrives when it feels valued and appreciated. So like, thank you for that. And and yeah, I'm excited to, to continue this work, you know, you deserve it, and society deserves it, and everyone deserves it. Yes, absolutely. And, and before we close out here, um, I just, you know, wanted to bring up that life is just, you know, as we both know, this crazy, wild roller coaster of highs and lows. And as a society for the last, I don't even know how long, you know, just collectively, um, we've been going through it. And it has been the highest highs and the lowest lows. And, and for anybody out there, who's listening to this right now and maybe at one of those like lower states um or or yeah might be going through something rough um i wonder if you could share anything with with somebody who might be going through something right now yeah yeah of course yeah that's a beautiful question you know if i was to to share one last thing it would be just to help people realize that that this mind and, and body and spirit always wants to reorganize into higher levels of existence. It will not go backwards. And, and we can always reorganize what is possible from the inside out. 
with a simple framework. And I like to say we can change the way we think. It starts with being conscious of the thoughts and ideas and beliefs about who we are and how we're showing up in the world and how they influence our lives and the world around us. We can change the way we feel. It is free to feel our emotions. It's free to, to heal and, and to liberate energy from the body and condition the body to a new mind and to change the way we be, you know, change the way we act. You know, if, if, if people are really with us right now and they're really understanding this, then, you know, once we discover new ways of thinking and, and deeper levels of feeling, then the time really comes for us to embody higher states of being. And, and we can all do this and, and it's always possible. So, yeah, I just want to let people know that there's always hope. You know, I've done it. Many people have done it. People are still doing it today. And... And the power is within them. It always has been and it always will be. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything that you are and sharing your lights with me and with the rest of the world and, you know, whoever whoever's here right now or will be in the future. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. <laughs> My pleasure, truly. <laughs> and thank you to Lake Atitla in Guatemala for, yeah. <laughs> for bringing us together and making this possible. 100%, yeah. Let's keep traveling. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys sure. for listening. And until next time. <laughs>